Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. Please keep in mind that there's always two sides, sometimes more, to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs. Not everybody will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say. So there will always be others that see it differently, and I understand that. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime, from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this podcast. I'm still pinching myself. Thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime. There's been one in particular, the most evil man that uh, I've certainly encountered. The sad reality was that he was a Roman Catholic priest. Last week, Chris shared with us an insight into Mr Cruel, also known as Operation Spectrum, where he spent years of his career on the investigative team and some of the statistics of how many men they interviewed. And even though they were eliminated as suspects for Mr Cruel, were considered serious sex offenders in their own right. And Chris spoke of hundreds not just a dozen or so, and many of them are possibly still walking around amongst us. Sometimes, I I don't know about you, but sometimes I think it's better not knowing who walks amongst us. Uh, Many of us possibly wouldn't walk out our front door. 
But uh, this week, Chris takes us through best possible practice in interviewing, where he talks about the many similarities in interviewing an offender and a witness. We talk about how interviewing has changed for the better and how police interviews in particular have improved considerably in the last, I don't know, let's say 10 years. I cannot imagine when I first joined back in 1987, the response, if I had offered an offender a cup of coffee or maybe even explained the reason that he'd actually been arrested, thrown in the divan and was now in an interview room with me. Uh, And that's nothing to be proud of and I'm not proud of it, but that's how far we've come. We actually talk to offenders with respect these days and I'll give you the tip, there wasn't a lot of respect, if any, in those early years when I first joined. If you did treat an offender a little kindly, uh, it was beaten out of you very quickly. Uh, Chris also tells us about the most evil man he ever encountered in all his years in policing and how this man's offending has stayed with him since. He talks about how this man continued abusing his victims in a way through fighting every court appearance and making sure every victim was cross-examined time and time again, having to relive unimaginable trauma. So, Yet again, thanks, Chris, and let's continue where we left off last week. Thanks. So, Chris, can we talk a little bit about rapport? So what types of conversation help in establishing rapport? Okay, well, what is rapport? Rapport is uh, positive communication between two people, and developing a relationship. Now, as I said earlier, it doesn't matter how tenuous it is, but the relationship is something of, of, of effective and positive communication between two people. Most people don't like to be, would prefer not to be uh, viewed at as a witness statue, a suspect statue, mm. uh, but as a person, a human being. And that's where rapport comes into its own. On first appearances can often be lasting appearances. And the same thing applies for your first impressions and lasting impressions. So you not only have to have the bearing of uh, that develops confidence in you, but you need to be able to communicate that's going to give people confidence in you. So we start off by saying to people, introduce yourself. Hello, Narelle. Uh, Chris O'Connor is my name. Uh, I'm in charge of this investigation, blah, blah, blah. And please call me Chris. Yeah. How would you like me to call you? And most people will say, oh, call me Norell, you know. Well, I mean, we haven't got 26 million Norells here, but using their name, their first name. Now, that starts, that moves that relationship that little bit step further. Yeah, yep. And so far, my hopefully my impression on the person is positive. So 
what I then tried to do is to develop that even further and ask a little bit about them. Hmm. How long have you worked at such and such Norel? How long, um, how long have you lived in such and such Norel? Um, yeah. How many children do you have Norel? It, depending on what prior knowledge I have of you. But we can call them icebreakers, uh, where you give a little, I ask, I show that I have interest and knowledge of you as a person, and you reciprocate by giving me, answering those questions uh, sufficiently for our relationship to move another step. But do you know what else you're doing there, Chris? You are, yeah. you are using my name. And Absolutely. I think that's really important Absolutely. too, isn't it? Where you, you ask a question and it's always, you know, how many kids have you got? Narelle. So you're, I agree, it's a really nice um, way, isn't it, of including them. That's right. You're personalising the process. Yeah, yeah. And by using your name, you're individualising the process. Okay. So once, once, and, you know, I, I mean, if you want to go back to the research, the research says that um, uh, you really need not spend much more than perhaps a maximum of five minutes on this early rapport stage uh, as a guide. Uh, so it's not as if, if, if it, this is an, an enduring conversation you're having here. This is a, this is a relatively... Yep. relatively quick but impactful conversation on the emotions and the individualities. So the, the, then I'll go on to say, all right, now, as I said earlier, Narelle, um, I'm in charge of this investigation and uh, you want to say now the, the reason for us being here today, right, is to establish what you can tell me about such and such that occurred, okay? Yep. My role, morale, is, is very straightforward. I'm essentially a pipeline for your information. For whatever information you have in relation to this crime, I'm going to hopefully record it. And... I hopefully, with the questions I ask you today, they are going to assist you to best recall the best information you can mm. in relation to this crime. Okay, so you, you, you're, you're hopefully raising their confidence that I know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah. Okay. And hopefully... Then you will say, if at any time you feel upset or you want to break, you just tell me. We will break. I promise you we will break then and then. If you want to have a, a drink, you tell me. If you want to speak to somebody, if you want to contact somebody, you tell me. Yeah. No? What you're now doing is you're empowering the witness. You're giving them some control over what's going to occur here. And that is vitally important, particularly to a victim. 
right? The converse of that, sadly, is uh, police who, as I said, just treat them as straight out exhibit and um, uh, just want to get the information from them and and effectively puts them in a position where they feel like they have no control of anything that's happening. They've already had this horrendous thing occur to them and taken from them. Now we've got these people who are who show no insight into my suffering or my trauma or the way I feel. Okay, so what you're what you're endeavouring to do is to connect at both a professional and emotional level with your witness. To make and the aim is to make them as comfortable as possible to relieve any or as many anxieties you possibly can that will assist this person to recall the best that they can recall of what they've experienced. So that by the end of it, once you've, you've explained to them then what your role is, uh, and you go into then you go into some of the um, uh, de- more uh, forensic details, such as if if uh, it's being recorded, how the machine operates, and what happens to the recordings, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and what uh, how you're going to if you're going to write down all their answers, you tell them. And tell them that. Look, I'm going to be writing in the course of the interview. Now, I may be looking down writing. I don't want you to think that I'm not listening to you because I am. Yeah. I just want to get the key points written down here so as I know and can recall exactly what you're telling me so as I don't have to keep asking you the same question all the time. Now, do you understand that, Narelle? Is there anything so far that that you want me to uh, elaborate on or anything, any questions that you have at at this point? All right. You're you're giving them the ground. You're giving them the floor. Okay. Once once we've been through that, we then go and say, now, the, the important issues here for our interview, Noelle, is that if you don't know the answer to my question, you tell me. Mm. I don't know. Mm. If you don't understand or don't understand something about my question, tell me. I I don't understand. If I have said something that's not right, you tell me. I'm sorry, you're you're not right. That's not right. Because... As I said earlier, Narelle, this is all about you. This is your information, not my information. You're the person who was there. I was not there. You're the person who may or may not have the information that assists us to identify who's responsible. And I want want you to see our interview here today in that light. Okay, so you're giving over hopefully, power to them. Mm. And when I say power, I'm talking about power of 
the information. Yes, yeah. And that's the key point here, it's the information. Once we've gone through these issues, uh, that's when we get on to the reason we're here and your opening question. And we apply uh, open questions, which are simply questions that invite a narrative response rather than a yes or a no. For example, tell me everything that you did yesterday from the moment you left your house to the moment Constable Jones spoke to you. Yeah. Leave nothing out. Everything, everything is important. Even if you think it's not relevant, I want you to tell me every single thing you can recall. You take as long as you need. I promise you, I will not interrupt you. You begin when you are ready. And you, you can start whenever you're ready. And you hand over to the witness or the suspect, it may well be, but the witness, the interview from that point. And so they will then give you, hopefully, a large narrative response. Your role is to identify the key topics in that narrative response. And at the end of it, your first task is to then actively listen by summarising or paraphrasing what they've told you so far. So you go through it all, And by paraphrasing or summarising, it shows what? One, that you're listening, which should reinforce in the witness um, the importance of what, they're, what they're, they're giving over and encourage them to keep going and to give and keep giving everything. So one is that you're listening. Two, very importantly, that we are both on the same track, right? That I've got it right, what I believe you told me. And that's your opportunity to say, oh, no, you didn't, no, it, it wasn't blue, it was a bluish car that I said. Uh-huh, okay, bluish car, okay? So that we're working in partnership here, you and I. We have a relationship going on here, you and I, and it's all about you and the information you have. And for me to be your assistance in any manner, shape or form. It, it's really, wouldn't you agree, it's, it's about making them feel, well, not making them feel because they are the most important person, as you've said before, they're the most important person in that interview room. It's not you, the interviewer. Yeah. Unequivocally. And it's making them feel important. That's what I, you know, that's what I think is very powerful for them. And that's why I say you, you should either in these words or in words of the sentiment that 
Narelle, this is about you. Yeah, yeah. This is not about me. Yeah. Right. But, of course, you have to be careful. You've got to assess the emotional um, immediacy of the person and you've got to be careful not to uh, overdo some of this um, uh, bucking up. Right, it's a fine line, um, but you don't want to go over to the circumstance where the person is just, you know, telling you what they think they may have seen or saying things to impress you. Mm. Okay, so that's, that's a balancing act. But the majority of people are relatively straightforward and appreciative of positive attention and want to tell you. See, the reason we are, one other reason we ask the open question is put yourself in the position of a witness. Before they've come into your interview room, they may well have um, ruminated over what they saw or what occurred several times. They may have even spoken to a number of people about what they saw already. And they most likely have spoken to a few police before they've got to you about what they saw. So if not consciously, certainly subconsciously, they will have in their own way identified what they think is important. Yeah. And the problem with that, obviously, is that what they think is important may not be what you know is important from an evidentiary point of view. And what they think is not important may well be vital from an evidentiary point of view. So this, so um, you must take that into account and expect that at stages the person may not be giving you giving over every single thing and that's why it's important for you to develop this relationship so as as the interview continues and you sense that there is more to come and they're reticent to speak to you about it hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What would be your response to that? Ask them. Straight, straight out. Narelle, you've told me a lot of information. You've given me a lot of information. And so much of that is valuable information. But I, I sense that there's something else you can give me or something more you can give me, but you're, for some reason you're holding back. Mm. Are you holding back anything, Narelle? Now, they may say, yes, I am. Then again, they may say, no, I'm not, when in fact they are. People have different reasons other than nefarious yeah. for lots of their behaviour. The key point here is that you maintain this relationship positively, even if you believe that... that they're not being totally truthful with you because there is a greater than even chance that down the track they, you might get a phone call back from them to say, listen, there's something else I want to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But if you've cut off that line of communication too early, um, it's going to be more difficult for them to pick up that phone and contact you. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't know how many times I've been in an interview where I have, I've sensed, and I think a number, a lot of us, most of us would have at some stage in an interview, you sense there's something. And I find exactly what you're saying. If you actually address that rather than ignore it, if you address it and say, look, I get the feeling that there's something more that you want to tell me. It's okay if it, you know, so I do find that addressing it, as you say, rather than ignoring it, it really, it often works. I'm not saying all the time it does, but it certainly, it encourages them, doesn't it? I, look, the relationship is at the, at its finest point is about trust. Yes. They're trusting to you potentially the most intimate thing that has occurred to them that they have told no one else about. And this includes suspects. This includes sex offenders who have never told anybody about their behaviour. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're sitting in front of them. Now, how would you expect them to behave if you were negative towards them? Then they're certainly not going to tell you, are they? So, I mean, this is why I'm saying you've got to put yourself aside. This is where we've got to try and... Be empathic to some degree. You, you clearly can't put yourself in this person's shoes unless you've been in those shoes, but you can certainly understand some of the 
the issues uh, that are at work and at play here. Yeah. And with that in mind, you can better formulate your questioning and your response to somebody. I mean, there's so much. I mean, we've hardly touched the surface today. Yeah. Um, but but, but it is so much a human engagement and interview. It is so much a human engagement. Uh, as I used to say to the detectives, take off the blue surge, as it was. It used to be a blue uniform. It used to be called a blue surge in those days. It's, it's now a black surge. But yeah. take off the uniform before you walk into the room. Take that off, you know. You're not a detective constable or detective sergeant. You're Joe Blow, and we're having a conversation. And my objective, my aim, is to in, to create an environment that maximises the opportunity for you to speak the truth as you understand it. Uh, hello, guess who? Me again. Hey, excuse the interruption, but it's a very important interruption. We've decided to put on a show for you, my listeners, who've hung in there and waited and waited, as we have, to get this thing up and running. The show is called The Groomer, and it's about an investigation that I was part of which centred around the distorted world of a pedophile. It's pretty raw, but educational, where I also talk about online grooming with a special guest and the damage that online grooming, or grooming in general, causes to all those involved. So please come and join me on Saturday, the 19th of March, 2022, at the Village Roadshow Theatre at the State Library, 179 Latrobe Street in Melbourne, 7pm start goes till about 9. The tickets are through Eventbrite. Uh, COVID rules will apply and you know the go. Masks, no kissing, no hugging, no smooches, no holding hands, no personal displays of affection. And that's just for me. (laughs) Hope to see you there. Bye. And you're right, there's, as you say, we've hardly touched the surface. Mm. And I know that with investigative interviewing, you know, we do these courses for weeks and we still almost don't touch the surface. But, and I know there's so much more involved, isn't there? It's when you say about the blue surge, uh, you know, maybe even if you are in uniform, just to take off your tie, for instance, it's a little bit more relaxing. Just the way that we arrange the chairs in an interview these days is very different. Yeah, getting rid of that desk, if we can. All these little things, whereas years ago, it was just what you wanted when you came out of an interview room uh, and you got a confession, that was, uh, you know, you were... Uh, you know, the the policeman of the day or policewoman of the day. It didn't matter how you got that confession or admission, but now it's, and I love that, it's about, as you talk about, the behaviour, the behaviours, the... That's right. It's just so, it's so interesting. I could talk talk about it all day. Yeah. 
It is. It's, it's, it is very interesting. And, and the heartening thing for people to, out there to remember is that, uh, A, the quality of police interviewing has, uh, in the last 10 years, uh, improved significantly. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and more importantly, the research that's been conducted has addressed so much training that there is so much more known about the probabilities of behaviour that um, this whole concept of wrongful convictions based on on um, interviews is almost a uh, an anachronism because um, hopefully the the quality and standard of, of interviewing still is significantly higher than it was but uh, it still has some way to go with some areas of policing yeah yeah um, and uh, I think that um, I think that whilst we still have, whilst we have young, keen investigators who want to learn, uh, the standard of interviewing is only going to improve. Yeah. And the trauma on our witnesses and uh, some suspects, but particularly our witnesses and uh, the Recriminalisation of our witnesses through policing interviews. Hopefully, yeah. uh, one day, one day will be a thing of the past. Yeah, I think they're few and far between, fewer and further between now to what they were years ago. As you say, it's just improved out of sight. Chris, can I just um, ask you? Is there an investigation? or an interview uh, that has stayed with you and why? Um, there's prob probably, the, I, I think there would be a few, but there's been one in particular, uh, the most evil man that uh, I've certainly encountered and uh, as I've said in other places, uh, said, Reality was that he was a Roman Catholic priest, um, Michael John Lennon. I knew you were going to say him. By far yeah. the most evil man I have ever encountered. Wow. And uh, that that man uh, who is dead now, he died in prison. Yeah. Um, that man dishonoured his family, his faith and his community to a degree that could really, um, is beyond forgiveness. And he denied and he fought and he denied and he fought through s several county court cases and appeals um, the crimes that he knew, he knew he had committed. Uh, uh, um, he will stay with me because he is a Templar for 
me to never lose sight of why I became a policeman. What What did he do, Chris, if you can just tell the, um, briefly explain to the listeners? Over a period of time, Michael John Leonard established a um, youth group in the northeastern suburbs, a very successful youth group, um, and uh, there was a uh, bushland that had been purchased that they used uh, for their youth group, for activities and so forth. And uh, he used his position as uh, essentially the head of that group to sexually abuse both boys and girls who were members of that group. And um, I forget how many victims came forward. Um, it was multiple, well over a dozen. And only Glennon knows how many more. But over a period of um, several years, he assaulted uh, these young people and had absolutely no remorse for his behaviour and um, fought every criminal trial and subjected the victims to cross-examination. Yeah. Um, no, an evil man. Did it affect, are you a, I suppose it's a bit personal, but I was going to ask if you have a, um, a faith and did it shake your faith or did it turn you off religion? Oh, well, because look, I was brought up as a Catholic, so, yeah, I had uh, a, uh, some level of affinity with this man, but um, it didn't affect my religion one iota. Uh, it was just the, the disgraceful, inhuman behaviour. Yeah. That was, that's what was evil. And, you know, when you think about all the people that you have encountered in your career, really evil, nasty, despicable people, that's got to say something, doesn't it, that he, you, you refer to him. Did you say pure evil or just the most evil? Most evil. Yeah. yeah. Most evil. And, and isn't that a sad state of affairs that that person was a, what do you call them? I'm not a religious person at all, but a person of God, like representing. Yeah. That's right. You know, what people think of is uh, it's it's their saviour and they're looking up to him and he just, oh, I can't think of anything worse. And I've got to say, Chris, that since I've never been a particularly religious person, but having worked in the squads that I have and the number of religious uh, leaders that I have experienced that have offended, it's, it's um, I couldn't say it's shaken my faith because I it turned me right off. Now it almost makes, isn't this terrible? But it almost well, look, makes I, me I think sick to look, my stomach. Yeah, look, um, it, it's well documented, the... Um, 
priests who, who became offenders. But I think I think that it, the the disservice done to those who were honourable men, yeah, is um, tragic. Yeah, because. Um, even though their numbers were large, their percentage of the of the clergy is is small, very small. Mm. Uh, but but just as a uh, as a parallel, I, I also interviewed Stanley Bryan Taylor, who was the brains behind the um, Russell Street bombing. Oh yes, nineteen eighty six. Yep. Stan Taylor uh, was. Uh, one of Victoria's first TAB bandits. He was an arm robber, violent, violent, evil man in his own right. Spent time, a number of years, in the old H division at Pentridge Prison, which was the um, it was for the most violent of offenders, hmm. and um, had no respect whatsoever for people or property. Uh, Sam Taylor had a child upbringing that didn't justify, but it gave some meaning to his later offending. Yeah. Glennon did not. Okay. So, yeah. And I would, I would place uh, evil as his behaviour was uh, Sam Taylor, Glennon, Glennon was the most evil. Gee. Uh, and what about one of your proudest moments as a policeman? I, I think uh, my, my proudest moments, plural, would be some of the quality of people I encountered in, in the police force. Oh, um, stop it, Chris. You don't, don't feel like you have to mention me. I wasn't going to, well, but <laughs> sorry, um, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> no. It, look, uh, I'm, there are too many for me to name, but um, yeah, uh, I, I encountered uh, with some wonderful, unassuming, yeah, but uh, solid solid, wonderful members of our community in the police force. And uh, I think the, the community should should never lose sight of that fact that um, no matter what individuals may do, the vast, vast majority of police personnel were, are outstanding people and yeah. committed, mm. committed to the task that they mm. vow to uphold. Mm. And I, I'd have to agree with you, Chris. They they mm. get they we can say that now, but yeah. they get a, an a, absolute hammering. But I would have to say ninety eight percent of the people I worked with were very very good, dedicated, or maybe ninety five percent. But that it was a lot. But I think that would be a really nice way to a nice place to finish yeah. is to say to all those members out there, you know, it is tough. It's a, it's a, it's a tough job at times, but try not to listen to all the negativity because there's a lot of a lot of positivity out there. Oh, that's, most of the negativity comes from the uh, the hallways of ignorance. Um, so <laughs> we we you know 
don't let it take too much hold of you and uh, remember to uh, uphold the right. Yeah. Lovely, Chris. Thank you so much for taking time out of your holidays. It's a pleasure, uh, Norelle. An absolute pleasure. The pleasure's all mine, Chris, and Happy New Year to you and your lovely wife and your family. Thank you and to you and to your listeners. Likewise, yes. We better not forget the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chris. Thanks again. All right. Happy New Year. Bye. 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 It's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review. And please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya. Hello, guess who? Just a quick interruption here to let you know you can now become a Narelle Fraser Interviews Patreon. How exciting! Simply go to www.patreon, that's P for Peter, A-T-R-E-O-N for Narelle.com and search for Narelle Fraser Interviews. And to all of you out there who continue to support me, thank you so much. 